As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. If it's a good deal, keep going. If it's a bad deal, keep going. Don't stop. Keep going. I also... My favorite Bible verse is Proverbs 31, 16, which says that she goes to inspect a field and she buys it. Best ever listeners, you ready to take your online advertising into the big leagues? Are you ready to get more leads? Well, how about we do all this for free? Yeah, sure, free. Well, it starts out with a free strategy session with Dan Barrett. You recognize his name, episode 565, titled Google AdWords and Cutting Edge Strategies. He's the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. That's why I'm talking about him. And he's managed over a million dollars of client spend and scored an 80th percentile for or higher for best practice. Basically, he knows his stuff. And he is offering a free strategy session for one hour to do a deep dive with you and learn about your market and collaboratively come up with an online advertising strategy based on your target audience. And he's offering to do this for the best ever listeners. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Now I mentioned free. Well, the strategy session is free. And then you can either take the online advertising strategy that he comes up with on the call and go implement it yourself. There you go. It's free. Or you can have him and his agency do it for you. It's a turnkey solution. And by the way, that likely wound up being free too, assuming that you're closing on the leads that he's generating for you as a result of all the efforts. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. He's got some amazing stuff. Ask him about the pre-targeting for direct mail lists that he does. It's something unique to their company and it's pretty exciting stuff. He's noticing some tremendous results as a result of doing pre-targeting. So ask him about that. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff with us today. Whitney Nicely. How you doing, Whitney? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm doing great as well, and nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Whitney. She is the principal broker with Whitney Buys Houses. She is also the principal auctioneer, this is very interesting, at Nicely Done Auctions, which is a leading real estate auction company. She teaches women on how to build a cash-flowing real estate portfolio in 12 weeks or less, 
and has auctioned properties from one acre with a house to 250 plus acres of rolling hills based in Knoxville, Tennessee. With that being said, Whitney, you want to give the best of our listeners a little bit more about your background and your focus? I'm also a general contractor, so I'm heavily licensed, and I am a millennial, and I like to think I'm the millennial millionaire next door. Nice. And what's your focus, and how have you made your millions? I specialize in owner financing and lease options, so you don't have to put a whole lot of money down to buy a house and cash flow it quickly. Okay. You do owner financing and lease options. What's with being the auctioneer in the auction company? I've always gone to Saturday sales with my parents since I was a kid. I remember going to Saturday auction real estate sales, and I just decided that if I was going to have a real estate license, I might as well have an auction license also because that's what I really remember going to and enjoying was the Saturday real estate auctions. And I got a license, but I have not been as active with my auctioneering license as I have teaching other people how to get into real estate. I may go back to it later this year, but for right now, I am buying and flipping and lease optioning and teaching other people how to do it more than I am auctioning. And we'll talk about the buying and flipping and owner financing and lease options. But just to make the proper segue, why not focus on the auction process? I assume it's because it wasn't as profitable as what you're doing now, but I don't want to assume that and not ask the question. Well, it got to where I was just so much more excited about lease options and buying houses. And the thing that I do enjoy about auctions is that they're in and out and done. I was a regular listing agent for about 18 months and I hated it. But I was an agent with an auction company and in the same 18 months I did two or three auctions and I loved that side of it. So doing the auctions was trying to figure out where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. And I do like the auctions. The auctions that I do are usually on free and clear properties and people are wanting just to move them, cash out, and buy another investment with them. I don't do Saturday sales and go pitch a tent. All of our auctions were online also. And it just got to be where I was sitting there talking to people who wanted to sell and I could make them an offer and buy it right then and not have to go through the auction. Mm -hmm. I could just buy it. So. It really kind of accidentally went to the back side. <laughs> right. So you're still getting the leads. You're just not holding them for auction. You're buying them for yourself. Yeah. Through. And I have a hard time with agents who are going on a listing appointment with somebody who wants to sell their house and the agent can't see the buying opportunity for the listing commission that they'll get in 60 or 90 days when they could cash flow this thing forever and ever. Amen. And I got to be the same way with the auctions too. I was talking to somebody who wanted to get rid of it. They wanted a price. They wanted monthly payments. And it turned out that the auction wasn't the best solution for them. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So the more you got into it, the more you realized that doing the auction wasn't in the best interest for anyone for some properties Because you could either buy them or they could do some sort of workout with someone else. So let's talk about what you're focused on now. As you mentioned, lease options. Can you tell us the last deal you did, the most recent deal and the numbers on it? Yes. I had a house. It was a three-bedroom, two-bath, and the backside of it had caught on fire a number of years ago. And I had it under contract for a lease option for $6,000. With $100 down and $200 a month paid off whenever it was, I paid off $6,000, so five, six years. 
at 200 a month. This actually happened last night. I sold it on a lease option for $12,000 with $5,000 down and $300 a month. So I bought it for $6,000 and I've sold it for $12,000. Well, this morning I was talking to my seller and he was like, well, what if we didn't do the lease option? How much would you give me just to cash it out? And I said, well, I could give you three grand." And he said, okay, fine. So now I bought the house. People gave me $5,000. I'm giving it to my seller, and I get to keep $2,000, and now I'm cash flowing $300 a month on a $7,000 balance. How many of those do you have in your portfolio? A little bit of crack houses like that, two. So what's your portfolio mainly consist of? Pretty houses, three twos in normal working class areas, 100000 up to about 150000 I usually don't do the little bitty dinky houses, mm -hmm. but I kind of like this deal. When's the last time you made $9,000 on a $3,000 house? Yeah, it sounds like you got some great returns from a cash-on-cash -cash standpoint, that's for sure. Let's go to your bread and butter then, since you don't do those smaller things as regularly. Can you talk about the last $100,000 to $150,000 house that you did and give us the numbers on that? It was outside of Knoxville, Tennessee, and I bought it for what the people owed on it for 145000 and our on it was about one seventy. So I put it up on Zillow and Craigslist, and I got a couple that came in, gave me $10,000 as a non-refundable option fee, and they started making the payments. Now, my payments out to my seller are about $1,000 a month. And my payments from my tenant buyer are $1,000 a month. So on that one, I'm not making any money a month, but I've got $10,000 down that I don't have to give anybody. And I've got it for $145. I sold it for $169. So there's $24,000 plus the ten. There's $35,000 that I'm going to make on the deal just for floating the checks for a couple of years. Now, there's a chance also that my tenant buyers will extend They've got two years to get a mortgage on this one, but if they extend it, they give me another $10,000 down, and then I'm up to almost 45000 on the whole deal. And those $10,000 down payments go towards their closing whenever they exercise their option to purchase? It depends on how you set up the lease option. On these, I am giving them credit. In that first $10,000, though, I get to keep 5000 for me. That's just my fee for putting the deal together then whatever my tenant buyers give me on top of that, I'll take towards their purchase price. But in this deal, I'm not giving them any of the monthly credit towards the purchase price, whereas I'm getting 20% or about $200 a month off the principal that I'm paying. So I'm creating another little spread there. That makes sense. That's profit all the way around, except for the monthly payment. But I suspect that's an exception, not the norm for these lease options. I try to get it where I'm... At least $200 a month. I've got some where I'm almost $500 a month on top of my payments. And how many of those $100,000 to $150,000 homes do you have in your portfolio? I have 16 of those. I've got the two little dinky ones. And what's the end game for you with those homes? Because ultimately, if they purchase them or when they exercise their option to purchase, you'll have a chunk of cash. What do you do with that cash? I buy apartments. I've got 19 apartment units, and I've also got seven chunks of land 
I've got a great story about land, too. I bought a half-acre piece of industrial land at an auction in the summer of 2013, and I actually bought it with my brother because I didn't know what I was doing at the time, and I figured if I had a partner, if it was bad, we'd split it. Well, it's good, and we're splitting that now. But anyway, we paid 1500 bucks, tax tag title, auctioneer fee, all that jazz. 1500 bucks. we were in for this half-acre piece of industrial land. And about three months later, I rented the driveway, just the driveway, for $250 a month to our neighbor. Well, in February of this past year, we go to Florida every year for February, my family and I do. And when my brother showed up, he was like, guess what? I rented the land. I said, well, how much did you get? Because at this point, we've been paid back for almost three years now. He was like, well, $500 a month. So now we're getting $750 a month on a $1,500 investment that we've already been cash flowing for three years. Was the rent for that 500 bucks the same person who was renting it for 250 No, two different people. And what are they renting it for? Outside storage. And do you have to build something on it? Nope. Can you elaborate? They just needed the land. I've got it like a hierarchy. There's a pyramid of the way land is zoned, you know this. So it's agricultural, then residential, then commercial, and at the top is industrial. Well, industrial land is not as plentiful as agricultural or residential, but it's also because you don't want a landfill in your subdivision. Like the county does this on purpose to make sure that you don't have something disgusting in a nice subdivision. Well, this is industrial land in the city of Knoxville next to big, heavy machinery, and actually the people that rent our driveway have the contract with the city to do all the recycling. So they bring the recycling back to the lot next to us and crunch it down and then haul it off to wherever you take recycling stuff to be processed and back out into the public. Well, the guy that wanted to rent the half acre from us, the actual land, he does outside storage, so roll-off containers. So they're kind of in competition, except our driveway tenant already has the city contract for picking up recycling, and this guy is contracting out to wholesalers and flippers and investors who need a dumpster in the driveway so they can clear out the house and then haul it off. And you have to have land that's zoned industrial to have outside storage with big, heavy-duty, ugly stuff. That is a really interesting story. This is going to be a stupid question. What type of paperwork do you draw up to have someone lease your land? I know what a lease agreement looks like with the tenant, but how is that different for land? In ours, especially when I was doing the driveway, I wanted to make sure that they're paying us 250 a month, but we're not doing anything. So I put it in there that if the driveway needs gravel, if it needs to be graded, if it needs a tree cleared off, it's their responsibility. Don't call me for anything. Just send me the 250 and we'll be good. And actually, I went and talked to them, and this is a big Fortune 500 company that we're dealing with that rents our driveway, and I was thinking 100 bucks a month would be good. Well, when I went to meet with them and I told them that they were driving on my driveway, they were like, no, little real estate girl, we're not. We're fine. We've been driving on this driveway since before you were born, and <laughs> it's ours. And I was like, nah, dude, get your surveyor out here. Check this out. And they called me in two weeks, and they were like, hey, how about 250 a month? Turns out you own half the driveway. Who knew? And I was <laughs> like, I knew that. Whatever, yeah, okay. So I called my brother, and I was like, is 250 good? And he was like, yeah, yeah, take it. Take it right now. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And what was really cool is they paid us back rent from when we bought it. Oh, because they'd been using it? Yeah. How many months was that? It was 
three, maybe six months by the time it was all said and done. I mean, it wasn't a lot, but it still gave us pretty much all of our money back. It was awesome. So you can put anything really that you want to in these lease agreements. And in the lease agreement that we have that my brother got for the land, it says that if he wants to build anything, he just has to get it approved by the city and he can build something. But when he leaves, the building dies. Have they built anything? No. How did your brother secure the $500? Do you know? I believe the guy gave him a check for three months in advance. Sorry, that wasn't a good question. Um, Let me be more specific. How did he know to go to them for potential renting of the land? Was the 250 lease up and therefore you needed to get a new lease? No, the 250 is just on the driveway, just for the driveway. It has nothing to do with the land. We actually tried to get them to rent the land from us and the driveway for like 500 bucks and they didn't want to do it. So we have two now. We have the lease on the driveway and the lease on the land. Oh, so you're getting 750 a month. Okay, cool. Even better. But my brother, he sells dump trucks. My mom has a dump truck company. I'm the fourth generation entrepreneur, but I quit trucking and got into real estate full time. My brother's still trucking. So he was just talking to a guy trying to get a job. And the guy was like, hey, do you know where I could rent some outside storage space? So we weren't advertising at all because 250 a month that we're getting yeah, yeah, you were is happy. good. And Tyler just happened into a conversation with somebody who needed what we had. And he called and he was like, what will you take? And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Get them to sign up and start paying. Right. I love it. And last question on that, with the driveway 250 in your original lease agreement, because I don't know if you foresaw leasing the entire thing. I mean, I know I probably would have made the mistake. Oh, they're renting the driveway. Sure. 250 bucks. But I probably wouldn't have thought to specify it's just the driveway That way later I could lease the rest of the half acre. Did you specify in the 250 just the driveway? Just the the driveway because where their land meets our land, I didn't want them to start creeping in on us Mm -hmm. without me saying, oh, wait a second. So, yes, in that lease with them, it specifies you get the driveway. It's like 250 square feet or something. It's like a straight line. We drew a map and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. All right, let's talk about your 19 apartment units. What can you tell us about those? They're all small units. Like I've got a triplex, and then I've got a five unit, and then we've got an 11 unit, which turns out to be a four, a six, and a house. But it's all on one parcel. So we've got a three, a five, and an 11. Let's talk about the 11 unit. How long ago did you buy it? We bought all three of them, actually, within about two weeks of each other. And when was that? The beginning of 2015. Can you tell us the story about the three that you bought relatively soon after each other? The five and the 11, so 16 of them, they were actually owned by a school teacher who lived out. It's kind of a little country town. It doesn't even have a red light. It does have a post office box, but it does not have a red light. So they were out there in the middle of pretty much nowhere, and a school teacher owned them, and he wasn't trained properly in real estate, and he bought them not at the height of the market, but he decided to flip them at the height of the market. So he took out a home equity line of credit or borrowed against them. I don't even know how he got more money, but he got like an extra hundred or 150,000 and he started redoing these things. And he did a really good job redoing them. Floors, counters, appliances, windows, roof. He redid almost everything in almost every single one of them. 
But then because he wasn't really trained, he'd never been in real estate before, he started renting them to people. And when they stopped paying, he didn't kick them out. So now he's got all this money tied up and he can't make his payments. And he's a school teacher, so he doesn't make enough in the first place to be paying for these things. And they went into foreclosure. They sat on the market for over a year, and I drove by them every single day because my mom's truck shop, I was still working there at the time. I had to drive by them at least twice a day. So I finally called the agent, and I was like, tell me what the deal is. I've never bought apartments. I don't even know how to figure a formula on apartments. So we started talking, and it was all good. And then about six months later, my boyfriend and I decided to go to apartment buying class. Mm -hmm. And while we were there that weekend at a boot camp, and it was a small boot camp. There's like 10 or 15 people there. The agent called me, and he was like, hey, we're dropping a price on Monday of these apartments. You need to put an offer in. So we got to use those 16 units during apartment class to run all of our numbers. And by the end of it, everybody <laughs> in the class was like drooling over this deal. And we got a contract on it on Monday as soon as they dropped the price. And the thing about it was it's on foreclosure. But a local community county bank was foreclosing on it. So they were keeping tenants in it. They had a local property manager who actually knew what he was doing, running them. They were cash flowing like crazy, but he was only advertising to nobody. They were not on the MLS. They just had a sign out front. I mean, it was like sometimes God says, and go buy this now. The agent that told you about it, what was your relationship with her or him? Him, and I didn't know him from Adam. But he's also an auctioneer in town here, and I knew his name, but I just called him, and I was just asking dumb new questions because I didn't have any idea about apartment complexes. But then by the end of that weekend, after I'd been to apartment buying school, I knew a little bit more, thought I knew a little bit more, and we got under contract. That was in the 1st of December and closed actually in March. So we've had those puppies for two years. How much you buy them for, and what do they rent for in total? We got the 11-unit I think it was like 225 and they appraised it like 300 or something. And then the five unit, we got it for like 140 and they appraised for like 175, 180 mm-hmm. when we got them. The best deal, though, was that triplex because we found it on Craigslist. The people were living in Florida, and they just didn't want to manage a property in Tennessee anymore. And we got it. They were advertising it for 120. We ended up closing on it for 92, and it was cash flowing immediately. Also, it didn't have a property manager. I still manage that one actually myself. Do you remember how much that rents for currently? The triplex when we bought it, each unit was 450. Uh-huh. And as people have left, we've come up. We're at 550 now, and I've got one unit open that I'm going to try for six. Okay. So let's just say 550 across the board. So 1650 bucks purchase price, $92,000. Nice. And how much did you have to put into it to get it moving ready, if any? Nothing. Apartments are never at 100%, but they were rocking and rolling. On my triplex, I haven't been down a month for any unit. As soon as I can move somebody out, I got somebody else coming in the next month, if not sooner, and paying prorated rent. You have quite an eclectic experience, and it's been very – I've certain interviews, I just go with the flow and just kind of let it take us wherever, and I'm glad that I did that because we've talked about a lot of great stuff that is unique, that's for sure, from the land to some other things. Based on your experience, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Keep going.
If it's a good deal, keep going. If it's a bad deal, keep going. Don't stop. Keep going. I also, my favorite Bible verse is Proverbs thirty-one sixteen, which says that she goes to inspect a field and she buys it. So, ladies, go buy it. Men, go buy it. Figure it out. Get a plan and go buy it. I like it. And have you always been that way? And I suspect you have just from the little bit I've talked to you. So if so, if you can separate yourself from that mentality for a second and pretend that you don't have that mentality, what would you tell yourself or what technique would you use to hone that mentality of kind of getting after it? Whenever I'm buying property, whether I'm buying land or a house or apartment complex, and I teach all my students this, you have to find out what the seller's pain is. If you can solve somebody's problem, you'll never run out of opportunities. Now, if you're afraid to ask what their pain is or if you keep finding people with no pain, you need to go find somebody else because there's plenty of people out here in the world with properties they don't want, houses they don't want to take care of, and they just want somebody to come through and take this headache away from them so they can sleep at night. So as long as you're actually helping people and not trying to be skeezy or slummy or anything like that, you'll never run out of buying opportunities. And creative financing fits into that so perfectly. Let's talk a little bit about creative financing. What would be some tactical deal tips I love the find the motivation, and now we've found someone who is motivated or you've identified the pain points, rather. What are some specific deal tips that you have as far as structuring the lease options or anything like that that you want to mention? Another thing that I tell all my students is it may not be that a lump sum cash payout will solve these people's problems. It may be that the monthly payment is what they're stressed over, and if that's what their pain is, then solve that pain. Also, when you go to look at a house, don't be a one-hit wonder. Don't make one offer. Don't solve just one thing and then be like, poof, I'm gone. I want you to take a cash offer. I want you to take a five-year payoff offer and a 10-year payoff offer. And you may be surprised. I went in with a cash offer one time, but I started talking about the other offers, and I came out with a owner finance deal for 15 years with no money down, no payments for four months and completely reasonable monthly payment. So be open for those and never stop negotiating. You know, like that deal I did last night, I asked my students, I was like, okay, so I got this, I got this money, I've got it for 12000 What if I ask my seller if he'll take 5000 Would that be good because I'm in him for six right now? And they were all like, no, 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 you got it, you stay where you are, you're good. Well, I talked to my seller this morning, I got him at three. So don't stop negotiating. He wanted money now. He didn't want money later. I had $5,000 in my pocket. I gave him three of it, and now I don't owe him another dime. Keep going. Find out what they really want. Give it to them and make sure that you're okay. Just a quick question on your three-offer strategy, cash offer, five-year payoff, and 10-year payoff. I understand the cash offer. I also understand the five- and 10-year payoff. So the cash offer would be less money to them, but faster. And then the five-year is more than the cash offer, but not as much as the 10-year. Is that correct? Yes. 
Okay. And when you talk about those, you can either form them so that you actually have them paid off in five years or ten years, or you can form it so that you got a balloon payment due, and then when that five or ten years comes up and you got a balloon, you'll either be a millionaire and you can cash it out, you'll have private money partner buddies ready to help you cash them out, your tenant buyer will cash them out, or, again, you can renegotiate and say, you know what, it was good, let's do it again. Well, I'm enjoying this, as I've mentioned already. Whitney, you ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure, yeah. That's not what we've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> now it's going to go quickly. All right, first, though, a quick word from our best ever partners. Got your free strategy session to generate online leads yet? Well, if not, go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Dan Barrett's going to give you a concrete online advertising strategy by the end of the conversation. You can choose to implement it yourself or you can work with this team and they'll implement it for you. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Do you want to learn more about the real estate buying and selling process? Learn to earn passive income with the cash flow guys as Tyler Chef and his team discuss their secrets to creating cash flow. Check out the cash flow guys podcast at cashflowguys.com. That's C A S H. F-L-O-W-G-U-Y-S dot com. What's the best ever book you've read? Salvador Ferragamo's The Shoemaker of Dreams. Best ever deal you've done? The one last night, 9000 on a $3,000 house. I'm pretty excited about that. Best ever way you like to give back? I tithe to my church and I sponsor the youth group trips, mission trips, fun trips, whatever. What would you say is a mistake you've made on a particular deal? paid $20,000 for one of my first houses with cash, my life savings. And when we got to the closing table, the seller shook my hand and he said, thank goodness you bought this because no other investor in town offered me this much money. <laughs> what do you think everyone else is offering now that you have a benefit of hindsight? I bet they weren't giving him anything because I didn't realize this is how new I was when I started and how clueless I was. I didn't realize it didn't have a central heat and air unit. It didn't have heat and air when I bought it. It also had old wiring. We had to redo that. And it was on a hill, and part of the hill had given way, and the foundation was screwed up, and we couldn't do anything to it until we put a th three sides of the foundation back on to the tune of about $10,000 and my brother's sweat equity. So look out for wiring, hills, and lack of central heat and air. Don't wing it. For crying out loud, when you're putting offers in on houses, have a formula. I like to use ARV. Multiply by 70% minus repairs, that's the most cash I can give you. And probably on that house, I was probably in that formula, but I hadn't planned on putting 50 grand of my own money into the house just to be able to rent it. Mm -hmm. Get a plan. Find somebody to help you. Don't just wing it. And don't watch those TV shows. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Whitney, where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? WhitneyNicely.com. Also on Instagram, Whitney Buys Houses. YouTube, Whitney Nicely, Facebook, Whitney Nicely. It's either Whitney Nicely or Whitney Buys Houses everywhere. Sweet. All right. That's easy to remember. And best ever listeners, the link to Whitney's website is in the show notes page. Well, thanks for just sprinkling all sorts of goodness into this conversation from how you got the half acre of industrial land in 2013 and are cash flowing on that $750 a month at this point. And we're, what, 2017 now? So I'm <laughs> that's been a very good return. And then also the larger stuff that you're doing with the 16 units, the 5-unit, 11-unit 
the story behind that as well as the $100,000 to $150,000 homes that you have where you're doing the lease options and just breaking down that structure for us. The rule that you have where you always go in with three offers, the cash offer, the five-year payoff, and the 10-year payoff, as well as the mistakes that you've made along the way, including that 20K house. And then lastly, the formula that you use, the ARV times 70% minus repairs equals the cash you can give. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day, Whitney, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Do you want to learn more about the real estate buying and selling process? Learn to earn passive income with the cash flow guys as Tyler Chef and his team discuss their secrets to creating cash flow. Check out the Cash Flow Guys podcast at cashflowguys.com. That's C-A-S-H-F-L-O-W-G-U-Y-S dot com.